Coming up on Unpolished MBA. And so I deployed a product in the fastest way possible. Like it was really fast because I was like, everyone's making money around me. Hop in is billion dollar valuation coming from like 20 million to like a billion. I mean, it was the wild, wild west of just event platforms. And here I was becoming another one of them, but with a cinematic feel, a theatrical presence and purpose. This show is sponsored by TPM Focus, the strategy and execution consulting firm focused on generating revenue and finding product market fit for new innovations. Head over to tpmfocus.com to learn more. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our most recent episode of Unpolished NBA. Today, I have probably one of my newest favorite people in the world right now. Um, and her name is Farah Allen. Hi, Farah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. And I'm so excited about just all the stuff you're doing. And I love your energy. But I'm going to start off this podcast like I do for everyone else, no matter how excited I am about you. Uh, I'm going to ask you these same two questions. And the first one is, are you entrepreneur or corporate employee? Entrepreneur. Okay. MBA or no MBA? No MBA. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about your background though, your work experience or educational background? Yeah. So I have been a creative my whole life. I went to architecture school at Florida A&M University. FAMU. FAMU. And I worked in that field for a number of years until I decided that I wanted to be in technology. And I actually did go to school to get my master's in information systems management. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wanted that world and I needed to know something about it. So I I went and got a degree and learned, you know, education wise what it was. Mm -hmm. And I went into management consulting and I went into working for myself, had my own business doing that as well. Mm -hmm. And then I went into entrepreneurship on another level with owning a product and, and seeing a product to market that I, I designed and built and, and created and my baby. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about that. I'm just saying when I first met you, well, I first met you a while ago at Tech Square Labs, which if people aren't familiar with Atlanta, that was the location where the startup battle used to be held. And Farah and I were both mentors to startups that were participating in that. And we met then, but I didn't know your product back then. But when I saw your product recently, when we met, I was literally blown away. So I want you to start with, okay, first, what's the name of your company that you have now? And this product you just mentioned that you created and is your baby. I want you to describe that to the audience. Sure. So the company is the labs, L-A-B-Z. And what we do is we have technology that allows you to create interactive experiences for web and mobile. And these experiences are so awesome what people are building. They're doing it just like you're building things on WordPress or Canva. You're doing it very similarly, but you have tools that allow content to stand out, content to be virtual. VR-like, metaverse era-like, 
and that is totally new in the market and that's why we have 92 patents <laughs> with what we're doing but really? uh, it has i had no idea 92 patent variations yes wow from anywhere from web3 to facial recognition to how you get in well even on the events online event side of for whatever reason, people haven't really been IPing their technology. So we we own those. We're about to fully own them, the IP, but they are all are pending, and we're just waiting around to get them contested. But uh-huh. yeah, we are here. That's so <laughs> smart. Now, everyone, you're probably listening and saying, "Oh, okay, yeah, VR. You know, oh, it's like WordPress. It's like like she used some terms to kind of bring it." down to earth for those that aren't really deep into the immersive experiences. But when I tell you that this is, it feels easy to use, you know, it's definitely user-friendly, but what it does does not compare to anything that I've experienced in any type of virtual online events or immersive experiences that small businesses, large businesses, whoever has access to, like it's usually a huge production involved to provide anything similar to the experience that the labs provides, which makes me so excited. So I can see why you have 92 pending patents on it. It's incredible. So you mentioned you were management consulting, you know, you were architect. How did you even think of creating a technology product? Like where did that even come from? You know, it it was funny. I realized that I used to design buildings. Now I design worlds. (laughs) I was like, oh, wow. Now you design worlds. (laughs) Wow. But uh, that was not a career back in the day, you know. But um, I actually started when I left management consulting, I was in the music technology industry. And I was in blockchain and I was solving problems through collaboration and protecting your IP as you're collaborating. And it was a, a really, really early use of blockchain. People weren't even funding for it. There was no NFT. That was not a, a word. And so it was super hard you know, to be in a woman in music, of course. And then it was hard because I had emerging technology. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, you know, built that as best as I could and actually, you know, moved forward with adding other industries so that I could fill out the, the realms, which was film and television. Mm-hmm. And all these people were in this collaborative place that you can change the backgrounds to, right? Let's imagine like we transfer or Dropbox and you can change the backgrounds and add tools that you can work on instantly together to and then it protected you, right? Mm-hmm. So people were in there creating film, movie scripts and, you know, editing video. And they were also writing music and, you know, editing music with film. It Inside was your time, platform? In that platform. And it was all protected via blockchain and documented. Mm-hmm. And so it's still a really cool platform. <laughs> an idea, not just an idea, but actually was a business and then COVID hit and it just was just not an appropriate time for folks to be investing financially and changing habits when it came to collaboration. Because mm-hmm. of course, collaboration is, you know, there's a very full industry. Mm-hmm. There's sharing platforms everywhere. So, you know, I had to think quick like any other company. And what I found was we had a lot of film creators, a lot of people in Broadway, maybe Broadway musicals and, and such. 
And they wanted to share this to people. And because it was a place where it can be branded, it was something I just did because I like pretty things and like pretty platforms and I, with my platform, and it was something that they cherished and wanted to pay more for. So one of my investors said, Hey, if you do this, because it's for me, because she, she's a film creator and producer, Hey, I'll fund it. And so I got within a couple of months of COVID, you know, being there, I had a million dollars funded. Okay, Farah. So the meeting kicked you out. Now we're back. So technology isn't perfect, but yours is. The labs is so far from what, I, <laughs> what I've experienced. It's as close to perfect as anything I could imagine uh, using to bring people into my brand's world, right? And so you were talking about before you got cut off, how it started going into that direction, you know, during the pandemic. That was the last thing people wanted to do was like really change their habits, but go into describing again or diving more into how it transitioned from being for, you know, musicians and artists and all that into being this more immersive experience for brands. Yeah. So um, the platform that I had built for musicians and then film creators, it just was really flexible, had all these communication tools in it. You can change your background, you could video conference. It was something where I really just built it so that people can have really be immersed in collaborating, right? And during, you know, the early stages of COVID, people wanted that immersion of communication and visuals to be a part of how they go to market, how they shop their music and how they go and find buyers for their films. But that's not what the product was used for, right? Because I got funding one of our customers said, hey, we'll give you a million dollars if you build this, because right now we don't know what to do. We're film creators. We're in the theater world. We don't know how long this is going to last. You came up with a really good idea. Could you actually build this? We have customers. I was like, okay. And congratulations on raising that money, because very, very few, especially African-American women, have raised a million dollars or more. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And so I deployed a product in the fastest way possible. Like it was really fast because I was like, everyone's making money around me. I hop in is billion dollar valuation coming from like 20 million to like a billion. I mean, it was the wild, wild west of just event platforms. And here I was becoming another one of them, but with a cinematic feel, a theatrical presence and purpose mm -hmm. for these filmmakers. And I, within the first two months I had a customer, I wasn't even finished. So then it was kind of like <laughs> trying to finish a platform before this big democratic convention, mm -hmm. like event with Bernie Sanders and all these people that are a part of it. And so the pressure was on and, you know, we got to a point where it was okay. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't going to be perfect because we had four months and we did that event. We got more events. We got more movies. We got more celebrities on there. And, you know, the end of the year, we had revenue, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we had to figure out at that point was, what was this product again? <laughs> yeah, it's like get confusing <laughs> after a while, right? Like, wait a minute, who, who is this for again? Because right now yeah. you're selling it to whoever wants to buy. Yeah, whoever wants to buy. And I didn't want to get locked into events. You know, events wasn't where I wanted to be. 
I wanted to be more graveled in the future, get outside of this disease is all over the place and people are online. Right. And I wanted to get more gritty and deep into the world and where it's going. And I didn't right. know, but then I started to see Metaverse and Oculus and then Facebook changes their names came later. But I started to see these more elaborate experiences on VR. And I was like, where is this on VR? Where everyone's still on the like, headsets and all that <laughs> stuff you got to do to even in, enjoy the experience. And that's what blows yeah. me away so much about your platform is because I literally felt like what I was experiencing should have only been experienced through a headset. Yes. And, and it doesn't. You don't need a headset to experience your platform. It's, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I was like, well, you know, I want to be in an industry where I know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, you know, I had a partner, my investor had kind of partnered with us, giving us recommendations to clients in the film industry. But really, I just didn't know the film industry. And I really wanted to get deeper into what I knew. And what I knew was corporate America. <laughs> That's where I came from. I knew business. I knew those folks because I was in management consulting. So I really pivoted towards how can businesses use this to go to the next level? How do we go to market with this? How do we, you know, create these systems where this makes sense so that your organization can thrive in the world where it's going now, which is this metaverse era, this environment. We're not talking about websites. We're talking about environment. We're not talking about e-commerce. We're talking about digital currencies. How are you going to even understand that if your customers aren't in VR, your customers don't know anything about Web3, but you have a product, you have content, you have advertisers, you have sponsors. How can you bring those worlds together? And that's where I put my foot in the ground there and said, this is where I, I know people. I know this space. I know how to speak to them. I can guide this and lead that. And so um, that's where we are today. And now we have major organizations and partners, anywhere from Salesforce to, you know, Google's other arm, mm -hmm. <laughs> to Amazon's other arm, you know, or business units. So that's how we're growing. And we're, we are in the NFT space, but we are supplying them with a go-to market strategy, how to get people to even buy their NFTs right. who aren't in NFT, right? You need, an, you need a story to tell people online. We are in VR, but we provide marketing for VR developers who have games in VR that no one will ever see the light of day unless they have a VR headset. That's right. <laughs> so bringing that into our platform and say, hey, we're going to make something more immersive so that they know to go buy it and they feel right. inspired. Immersive right from their laptop, right from their computer. Yes, from their phone. Right, from what they have and own right now. That's the brilliant yes. part. Like, oh my God. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> That's the brilliant part. We're going to take a quick time out and pick back up in just a moment. If you need marketing campaigns and landing pages done quickly so that you can test the market with your ideas and see who's interested and then stay in touch with those people, you need a tool that can automate all of that. You're an innovator and you're certainly busy. Perhaps you don't have a CMO or chief marketing officer right now, or you have no plans to hire one anytime soon. And you may be doing this type of work yourself or have a new career professional or even intern helping you. 
You need Entreport. You can build a landing page or website in minutes. You can accept payments. You can automate marketing campaigns and the list goes on and on. I have personally been using Entreport to build, automate and grow my business for going on seven years now. I don't recommend any tool that I haven't used and that I don't believe can help the unpolished MBA audience. Simply put, you can move and test your innovative ideas in the market faster with this tool. Don't get bogged down with too many complex tools. This is all you'll need. Go to tpmfocus.com forward slash entreport and that's spelled O-N-T-R-A-P-O-R-T. And that's O-N-T-R-A-P-O-R-T, tpmfocus.com forward slash entreport. Go there to start your free trial and get started. So I I just want to say, I don't typically give this much dialogue about a product on on Polish MBA. And I want people to know I'm totally objective in this because I didn't know any of this before I met her. I experienced the product through her demoing it for me. And actually before then, someone that I knew in the ecosystem said, hey, have you heard about the labs? And, you know, again, I had met Farah before and I had heard the name of the company, but I thought it was in a different realm. And obviously, as you explained, it it was kind of serving a different industry. And it was like, wow, it's incredible. And I was like, really? Like, what does it do? It's just, you know, it's this immersive experience and it's VR and and it may sound like that to you guys, the way we're explaining it. So I asked Farah, I said, well, is there a way someone can like experience you know, the demo that you showed to me, they can experience you kind of walking us around an example online, right? (laughs) So are we there yet? Is there like a video coming or some way for, for people to just know why I'm so excited about this product? Of course, there's videos. We have our website, thelabs.com. Please reach out. We're no code platform, which for those out there means you don't have to code to make this a a platform that suits your business, right? Mm -hmm. We have all these tools that pretty much you make a platform for yourself. Mm -hmm. So we like to demo the platform depending on what it is your business needs, what strategy you're trying to see. And this is free consulting work (laughs) as to how to get into the space, but it is the best way for us to explain examples. Yeah. Different applications of it. Yeah. So many different. And really, you know, it's about what goal are you trying to reach mm-hmm. at the end of this? We, we don't, you know, Snoop Dogg at your, in your metaverse is great, but it hasn't made your business better. <laughs> right. you Snoop Dogg in your metaverse is great, but right, right. What, what are you, what result are you trying to get? Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we want to talk about that because this is call it what you want what 2.5 or 3.0 but this is where everyone's going and you want to be first to the party you're going to learn the most and people are interested people really like this it's me she she really likes it so yeah and i see a lot of cool things in my work and the thing is I just see this like I remember when WordPress started being a thing and everyone was really enamored with that and and still is. But of course, there are other no code things and things that people prefer. But those WordPress users don't know about the labs. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to 
like so many of our clients and folks that listen to this podcast, I can see it uh-huh. implemented in their businesses that would blow, I mean, really blow it out of the water. Like they would really be able to provide an immersive experience that would really just wow everyone. And they will be ahead of their competition with it, which is why I wanted to have you on to kind of explain it. I know it's hard for people Mm -hmm. to really get the gist of it, the way we're explaining it, but you just got to see it. So you mentioned that folks can reach out to you if they go to the labs and that's T-H-E-L-A-B-Z.com. Yep.com. Or you can email info at the labs.com or find me on LinkedIn. I'm on all those platforms. So there's ways to find us. <laughs> yes. I mean, you can start with the, with the website, of course. And, and some of you all are already connected with me or following me on LinkedIn. And, and, and Farah is one of my connections. So you can actually go to my list of connections and search for her and, and bring her up easily. So you make sure you get in the right person. Uh, <laughs> so that's yep. key. But yeah, so, you know, the journey of, of your execution of this idea, how long did it take? How many years would you say you, you've worked on this to get you to where you are now? I would say two years. The first year was just throwing something together mm-hmm. to service clients that were waiting eagerly waiting. I had to turn people away that I didn't want to turn away because I was too scared to even have a bunch of folks on the platform because it wasn't built for that. It was built to go to market really quickly. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what it was for. And so that first year was really more like concept and market proof. And then last year, so this one year kind of like, you know, if you want to count that, but then last year is when we really started to form the product Mm-hmm. and form the customer, you know, who that customer is. What it is today, though. You're talking about the platform, what it is today. Yeah, yeah. yeah we started to form that. We even mm-hmm. started over, you know, because mm-hmm. we, we built up this technical debt from just kind of moving fast. And um, we started over. Yeah. And we're still like, Common. we're still working on technical debt because even last year, we when you don't understand who your customer is completely, you do make decisions based off of whatever's happening, right? So we have, we still have some of that we're fixing now. But, you know, just for the entrepreneurs who have technology companies, you know, it's something you want to fix, especially if you're moving forward in bigger ways. You can't go to a bank and that wants to be your customer with um, a product that is a well documented, that isn't moving fast and doesn't have that back end and it can yeah. take months. So you have to prepare for your success months ahead of time. That infrastructure. Ahead of time, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are. We know where we wanted to go and, and serve the highest level. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, this year it's fine tuning. Mm-hmm. It's getting it to be easy to use. So there's always something to work on. Yeah. You're never lacking anything. Mm-hmm. And I think you were like, don't build no nothing else. What you nope. got right now is good. So <laughs> guys. I listened. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Guys just listening to this. Listen, I am the first one to tell folks, don't build another thing. Let's sell what you have. People want what you have. So I want you to elaborate just a little bit more on what technical debt is, because some people don't don't understand that term. They may be able to kind of put together their own thoughts on what it is from how you yeah. kind of describe what you're doing. But just like real briefly, what is technical debt? Yeah, it's the things that you do with your technology so that you can get something out fast. 
it's the opposite of planned out or planning for your future or for any stability. You don't have time. And, you know, there's cases where you have to move. You don't have time. You don't have money. So you're, you're kind of looking for the easier way, the fastest way out. That, of course, is the story of a lot of female entrepreneurs, a lot of minority entrepreneurs, because we just don't have it in the beginning of the stage. We got to do a lot to prove it. So I wouldn't say I regretted it because that was what I had to do. But the consequences or what you mortgage for doing it is a system that you will have to go back and redo it. You have to spend more, probably more money, more time. You're going to have to give up some opportunities. You've got to have to have a focus. Mm -hmm. So it does cost you something. It doesn't just go away. It builds up. And the more you let it build up, the more costly that is. And you can also have design debt. You can Mm -hmm. have a lot of different types of debt. Technical debt is technical. But Mm -hmm. anything you you do quickly without actually putting thought to a strategy, it's it's going to come back. Yeah. And then you got to go back and redo everything. There you go. There you go. Wow. Farah, I really appreciate, I know you're, you're a busy, busy woman and I appreciate you taking the time out to even share, uh, you know, a little bit of your journey and describing some of the obstacles that those who decide to pursue a technical idea, you know, some of the things they'll go through. It's not all roses, but it's definitely worth it, especially when you bring something of tremendous value that's taking people really into the future. I mean, you know, you should be very proud of, of what you've created. So we just talked about how people can find you online and, and definitely connect with the lab's team in order to see if this is something that you might be interested in. And I use WordPress as an example because if you think WordPress was impressive <laughs> when you first, <laughs> you know, first started using it and all that, like this is something that could, could literally replace your, your website in many types of circumstances and businesses and industries. So I really appreciate you, you know, sharing with us your journey. And I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.